History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup, but it's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast stream now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Let's go to Sue Ronan, whose uh, fingerprints in uh, women's Irish football are all over the quality of the performance and some of the young kids coming through. So we're all delighted. I can only imagine just how ecstatic you were last night. Oh my God, you know what? I, I, I got about two hours sleep last night and it wasn't from uh, celebrating or having a few drinks or anything like that. It was just the whole emotion of it and the adrenaline was flying and the thoughts were flying. The, you know, it, it was really an emotional night. I actually burst into tears at the end and the final whistle. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to Scotland. I was away with work and I was watching on my phone. But, you know, what a night, um, what an historic occasion. And it's it's really hard to put into words what this achievement means. You know, it's it's something that everyone involved in women's football in Ireland for the last 50 years, from players to coaches to administrators to volunteers, have worked towards this moment, you know. And for this group of players to, to finally get over the line, I can just say a huge congratulations to all involved, to the players, to the coaching staff. I mean, we just have super talent in that squad at the moment. And... You know, all the players bought into what Vera and her team wanted from the very beginning. Um, she outlined the commitment that was needed and you had players, every one of them went and got a professional club. They were training with boys. They were looking after themselves, putting careers on hold, really giving everything for the cause and to get us over the line, you know, to a World Cup. Like, we just can't underestimate this achievement, especially coming out of Europe. It's just fantastic. Um, talk to us then, before we get to the, the end, the emotions in the middle of the game, uh, 12 minutes in, referee gives a penalty, there's a yellow card, it kind of seems like, well, okay, not quite sure about the yellow card, but uh, like for that bit, you're thinking, oh no, this we've, yeah. seen, we've seen this movie before. Yeah, absolutely, and as I said, I was watching it on the phone, and the eye player, the, the or she player kept stopping and blocking, but anyway, I got eventually I saw most of it, but I wasn't getting all the replays or hearing all the commentary, but yeah, I, I thought we started really well, we came out of the traps, you know, we went after Scotland, we were pressing them really high, we were aggressive, we were really meant business, and I thought to myself, this is great, this is exactly what we want, we're well able to take this team, you know, and especially them maybe being a little bit fatigued from, from, from last week, I just thought we were setting the tone early on, and then it just turned, as you said, um, penalty given out of nothing I, I didn't see a replay or didn't hear what was said it seemed to be ball to hand was it the ball yeah. to ball leaves hand yeah and I mean she seemed distraught about it but what a save by Courtney and I have to say for me Courtney was man of the match and, and I know it was given to, to Amber and she changed the game and the course of history of course but I just thought uh, Courtney was magnificent on the night she was assured in everything she did but yeah when that penalty was given you, you thought to yourself oh my gosh we've been here before but thankfully Courtney saved it and, and we, we were able to regroup and rally. Yeah, and then an all-time great Gomez scramble that we're again on the wrong side of, like three yeah. off the line in the yeah. space of four seconds. You're like, oh, Jesus, this isn't going to go for us. Is it ever going to go for us? Exactly. And yeah, I don't know how like we didn't put it in, didn't score from that. And, you know, Megan Campbell's throw-ins, what a weapon that was. You know, you'd be playing for throw-ins if you were in that team. You really would. And if you're defending against us, you'd be trying to avoid at all costs. You'd, you'd sooner give a corner away, I think, than a throw-in because what a weapon it has, it is to have. And every time she put that ball in the box, it caused havoc. You know, you could see the fear on the, the Scots' face. But 
Yeah, the second half then, I suppose, a little bit disappointed. We seemed to sit in deeper and invite the Scots on and they got the upper hand and, and we were looking for the counter-attack and, and um, getting pain and, and McCabe on the ball. And then uh, Heather went off again. I don't know whether she, that was an injury or whatever, but um, when Amber came on, I thought to myself, great, we've more pace up front now. You know, the Scots might have known a lot about Amber because she probably didn't play a lot of minutes during the campaign, but... Yeah, what a goal, what a finish and what a story really for someone from Donegal, you know, the, 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 the week that's been in it to score. It was just such a poignant moment. When that pass comes through, Sue, from Denise O'Sullivan and, and she takes that first touch, Amber Barrett, straight yeah. away are you thinking this is in the back of the head or what, what was going through your head in that, in that few seconds? You know, I've seen Amber in that position so many times for the underage squads and for the senior squad, and she scored many times. And she's she's also missed, and she'd say that herself. But I think I heard her interview afterwards. She she said she didn't do what she what, what she's been taught to do, just take the ball across the defender. But she didn't need to because she was so fast to get away from the defender. I mean, the vision by Denise straight away to put her through was excellent. And in fairness, Amber had picked up a nice position just away from the the the, the centre half. But yeah, her pace took her away, and as she said, she went back to the old reliable of the. Poke, but I mean that's not an easy skill either. She had to place that well, and she really put it. And it was well inside the far uh, post as well. It didn't just creep in. It was about a yard inside the far post. She just got her angles perfectly right, and it was oh look, it was a fantastic moment. And I just knew, knowing the team we have, knowing the passion that's in that team, knowing how they love to defend. And you look at Nee Fahi, Louise Quinn. Um, Diane Caldwell, they've been around forever. Never mind the rest of the team, Anya Gorman as well, you know, Megan Campbell. They just love defending and bodies and everything were on the line. And I just knew the Scots were going to find it so hard to come back. I think there was one stage where, like, the ball was coming into the box and Louise Quinn must have headed it out about three times in the space of 30 <laughs> seconds. And I was like, she must be dizzy after that because. I know. I'd say there's some headaches there this morning. But look, I mean, that's Yvonne, that's uh, Louise's strength. It's a huge strength. You know, it's one of her strengths. She's got many others, but one of her huge strengths is her heading ability, whether it's in the defensive half of the pitch or indeed in the attacking end of the pitch. She's such a weapon, as we know as well, from set play going forward for, you know, at corners or, or, or Megan's throw in but yeah it was bodies on the line and like I, again we talked about Neve Fahey coming back into that team and I know we were missing some really big players who have done so well during the campaign Megan Connolly Rusha uh, Jessu and it was good to see a couple of them there um, being able to cheer on the team but I, I think for me having Neve Fahey back in that team was a huge plus you know really was she just brings so much she does she does so much work that people probably don't see but she's so reliable she puts her body on the line and you know, when she got so anxious and so angry late on when a bit of a tackle went in, again, I didn't see it properly or a replay on it. You knew there was something after happening because, you know, she's so calm on the pitch. She doesn't get involved in anything. She just does her job and she puts her body on the line no more than the other girls do. And it was just well-deserved. And when you think of the campaign, they've come through um, to qualify. Like, we all felt all the ducks were aligning for this to happen, you know, with all the resources that have gone into the team over the last five, six years and with the quality of players we have now and where they're playing, we felt it was only a matter of time. But I think others will probably agree. We probably thought the Euros would have been the, the breakthrough for us because to qualify out of Europe for a World Cup, it's you can't underestimate how hard it is. This time, 11 teams actually qualified for uh, the 2023 World Cup, but that's the first time ever. It's usually only seven or eight, but even 11, it's 11 out of 54. And some of the top teams, most of the top 20 in the world are actually from Europe. 
So when you think about it that way, it's just some achievement. It really is for little old Ireland to qualify. It's great. I know it's not sexy to be talking about world rankings and all that kind of stuff, but actually this is massively important just in terms of our draw in groups in the future and how yeah. it might be easier for us in the future. And that in turn, it just means that the strength and depth gets better. Like this is kind of one of those rolling balls of momentum now. Everything. It's the catalyst. I mean, we've said it on this program before. We've had this conversation all through the, the qualifying uh, campaign, you know, before, after, every game, after every game, after every great result. This is going to be the catalyst for change, um, you know, in this country, women's football. It's going to attract more interest in the game. It's going to attract more players. It's going to normalise women playing football for the next generation of kids. And I mean, boys as well as girls. It's going to attract more coaches into the game, maybe higher profile coaches. Um, it's going to attract more investment, which is the big piece. Uh, you know, you're going to have partners now want to get involved. You're going to have broadcasters fighting with each other to show games. You're going to be able to attract marquee friendly games here. This is just the catalyst and, you know, it needs to be capitalised on and I think it will, but it's, it's just fantastic and it's something we've been waiting for. And we've seen it in every other country in the world. Every country where a women's team qualifies for a World Cup is the catalyst for the next step to the next level. And it's I, I can't wait to see what's going to come down the line in the next few years. It's brilliant. It's already been referenced, I think, Sue, in, in a couple of the, the post-match interviews with, with the girls last night. But Liberty Hall is only is only five years ago with the sharing of the tracksuits and, and the getting changed in toilets. Could you have envisaged yeah. back then that we would be here five years on talking about heading no. to a World Cup? No, I, 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 I didn't envisage it. But you know what? The girls were absolutely right to do what they did. There was a huge amount of work going on in the background to try and get the proper conditions for them. Unfortunately, it wasn't happening. And the only avenue open to them at the time they felt was to go public themselves and they were right and and that you know that has led to the change now and the resources are now put in the team I mean before that you didn't have full-time staff with the team the coach wasn't full-time I wasn't full-time Noah King wasn't full-time uh, Colin Bell was actually the first full-time coach we've had and um, the backroom staff weren't full-time you didn't have a you know you didn't have performance analysis you didn't have video and a full-time video analyst you didn't have um, strength and conditioning coach you didn't have all the G- GPS nutrition expertise, none of that, um, home-based sessions. There was nothing like that happening. And and more importantly, the girls were out of pocket playing for their country. And, you know, you can only do that for so long for the love of the game. You know, if you want to be serious about any sport, you have to train uh, like a professional. And to be able to do that, you're in a professional environment. You're getting paid a, a proper salary where you don't have to worry about, you know, who's going to put food on the table, who's going to pay for the energy bills. And, you know, that that has come about as a result of what those girls did and you know that has led to where they are today it's, it's certainly you know it's brilliant and it's fit, fit, what a celebration as well women's football is 50 years uh in 2023 it's 50 years since the first um international women's game so what a celebration that's going to be uh to 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 think about like what happens next, right? The, uh, Vera Power talked about the five consecutive clean sheets. They've obviously built a team that is ready to defend. You know, in the aftermath of the game, they were talking about how this is part of our identity. We actually really enjoy it. Not a bad way to go into a World Cup if we are drawn against superior opposition teams ranked above us. Like they're not going to really fear most teams. Certainly, if if we get drawn against England, England very good at the moment. Uh, America very good at the moment. But after that, you'd be like, look. We know how to defend. We've defended against really good teams. We know how to attack. We, we're good on the counter-attack. Like, they're well set up to, to make a, a run at this now. 
No, absolutely. And we look at the players as missing, as I mentioned, and there's others as well on the underage squads that will come through. And there's others maybe that have been in the periphery of the squad that are maybe a little bit young and lacking a little bit of experience at the moment. You look, like, you look at Abby Larkin, I mean, another year under her belt now, what a player she's going to be. Ellen Malloy, likewise, and I know Ellen has an injury at the moment, but you would hope, you know, that please God herself and the others injured will be fit by then. But we've got such a pool of talented players and, you know, it's outside even the... 15, 16 that have been used. I mean, the rest of the squad, you've got others knocking on the door that haven't made the squad and and you've got underage players coming through. So, you know, I think we have a great basis to, to work from. I, I think big countries will fear us. They won't want to get us in the group because they know we're going to be very difficult to break down. Um, and the bigger countries won't want us. We, we've done it against Sweden. We, you know, we've done it against Denmark and friendlies, Australia, Iceland. These are big teams. Uh, yes, you're England and your USA, maybe your Japan, you know, probably Brazil. They're on a different level. Canada is what you could probably put in that bracket. And Germany as well. Germany has been playing very well, but I don't think anyone will fancy will fancy getting us. And again, we've spoken about this before. Um, funnily enough, I think it's going to be easier to get out of a group stage uh, in a World Cup than it would, would perhaps would have been maybe in a Euros finals because you have 16 teams in the Euro finals. They're the top 16 in Europe, which are mostly the top 16 in the world. You're now into a 32 in the world uh, in a World Cup. You're going to be played against teams that have qualified from their confederations, but they're not necessarily any stronger than us. It's just the way the qualifying process is. So, you know, some of these will be ranked lower than us. So, you know, it gives us a good opportunity to potentially get some good results and against maybe weaker teams and put it up to the, the tougher teams in, in the group. I think what you're saying there, Sue, is that we're going to win the World Cup next yeah. summer. <laughs> well, Amber Barrett said last night, uh, you know, if, if she said to Vera, if you want to win the World Cup, you have to play me. So I laughed my head off. <laughs> Look, I mean, let's enjoy this moment. It's been a long time coming. No doubt we'll all, you know, rear back on, on our expectations as it gets closer. And Vera will make sure that the, nobody's running ahead with themselves. And, and look, we're not. We're being realistic. We're there. Let's enjoy that. And I'm sure the team and the squad will be prepared as best as they can to perform against whoever they play. And anything can happen. In a game of football, anything can happen. The win against Australia in the friendly, in retrospect, was this mad turning point. It's kind of a hinge moment where before that, they'd been on a terrible run where some of the performances were good, but mistakes were creeping in or some of the performances were bad and it just didn't look like it was clicking. And then all of a sudden that one night it clicks. And since then they've had confidence and belief and it's mad how that happens. Something just flicks sometimes, and, and you're right, you know, they were playing all these teams that be ranked higher, and people were questioning, is this the right thing to do? Because it's not breeding confidence, you're not winning the games. But Vera stuck to, you know, what she wanted to do, which was expose the girls to a higher level of, of opposition, which is exactly what you need to do. There's no point playing teams weaker than you and hammering them in friendlies, and, you know, you're starting to think... God, we're great now. And you go up against a, a top team and you're not able to live with them. So, yeah, th- there was doubts there for a while. But then against Australia, that win, and, and that just like flipped a switch, whether it led, I'm sure it did lead to belief in the players. But I also think it's been a, you know, a series of building blocks that that was the plan and, and it was all leading to this moment of, you know, we, we, moment we waited for for years, this qualification. And 
it's amazing how it happens. I was at the, I'm actually in Switzerland at the moment at work. So I went to the uh, Switzerland Wales game last night and Wales were the dominant team in the first half. And I'm looking at it and Switzerland are ranked ahead of them. And I'm thinking Wales are, have no problem with this game here. One nil up, well in control. Switzerland offer, offering nothing. Switzerland scored just before half time and that just flicked the whole game. Second half, they completely dominated and Wales went in the other direction. So sometimes it just takes one little thing to, you know, to, to switch. Um, that mentality and that's definitely led I think helped lead us to where we are today the girls believed then probably that they could beat these top teams and now they fear nobody and it's great like we do spend a lot of time, but but rightly so, Sue, dwelling on what what this is going to mean, and you see all the tributes from from big names, Leona Maguire and Shane Lowry and Cora Staunton and different people sending their messages on Twitter last night. Ian Wright, yeah, Ian Wright as well, and yeah. and like yeah. I saw the video with with uh, uh, Lauren McCabe, Katie's little sister, uh, standing with Ruisha last night yeah. after the match, and you're just thinking this this literally is the next generation, and the impact this is going to have, uh, maybe on the women's national league here in Ireland as well, is going to be huge. I think it will. Like you're going, to, as I said, you're going to see more resources now coming into the game in general. You're going to have more partners that want to get involved. There's going to be access to more funding. Government are going to, you know, I'm sure will will give more funding as they they seem to do when when you know teams qualify or go to the next level. Um, so that investment is going to come in, and that's what we we need. The game needs investment, you know, and you see that everywhere. Once investment comes in, the game grows, no matter what game it is. Um, it moves from that amateur level up up the levels and the game the domestic game in Ireland needs investment also the league needs investment um, I mean you still have some clubs that are probably training twice a week and yet that this is the elite this is where our top players are playing and I mean that's fair enough some players maybe you know they're working they're in college that's all they can give or or maybe there's no access to facilities for the clubs to train more often so you know I definitely it will it'll, it'll change and It'll change the game in general and you'll see all this interest. You'll see more more girls want to be involved. You'll see the boundaries being pushed. You'll see the traditional clubs around the country. And there's still some of them, traditional men's clubs, schoolboy clubs, who don't provide women's football. Um, I, you'll see all that changing now, I think, because, you know, things are changing. There's now success. Um, and to see Katie McCabe's uh, sister last night, oh, my gosh, she's a spit of her for a start. But it was just so lovely. Looking up with, you know, goggle-eyed, Google-eyed at Rusha and her sister was fantastic. That's sensational. Really, it's sensational. And Sue, like, you know, you you the central role in the in keeping it going when it was neither profitable uh, nor, like, um, rewarding to do so. You know, you, you stuck with it and... You do. You genuinely had had a massive role in bringing some of these players through in the past, and setting standards and setting a tone and making sure that it never went away. So I can see why there's like a natural outpouring of emotion and joy. And um, thanks very much, and congratulations. Uh, no problem. Thank you, guys. Thanks for all the coverage. It's great. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.